Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I wanna collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. Hey everyone, it's Jen. Welcome to Fat Mascara. It's our Thursday interview episode. Jess will be joining me shortly because we have an amazing interview with Dr. Orit Markowitz. So she's a dermatologist, skin cancer specialist, and CEO and founder of OptiSkin. 
She served as the director of pigmented lesions and skin cancer at Mount Sinai and Brooklyn Veterans Hospital and Downstate University Medical Center. She's also been an associate professor of dermatology. But the reason we wanted to have her on the podcast is because if you happen to keep up to date on research in dermatology journals, you know, like I do, you would notice that her name is on so many papers and studies looking into new non-invasive ways to detect and treat skin cancers. So she's going to teach us about the cutting-edge techniques that are now available, many of which she helped to pioneer and pioneered herself. Listen, if you want a primer on skin cancer, skin cancer prevention, how to use sunscreen, I'd suggest you check out episode 169 with dermatologist Deborah Sarnoff. That's sort of a primer. This podcast has some basics, but really we're going to update you on the very latest in skin cancer treatment. So it's a must listen if you have, if you've been recently diagnosed with a cancer, you're at risk or know someone who is, maybe one of your parents has some lesions or has had skin cancer and is worried about getting treatment, or even if you have moles or marks on your skin that you need to get checked out but just haven't yet. As Dr. Markowitz explains, you might not even need to go into a dermatologist's office to get help. Much of what she does can begin with virtual visits and we'll even tell you how to go about setting one of those up. So we'll share the links and resources that we sort of mentioned in the podcast and, and all the contact information on our blog. And if you haven't visited our blog, it is fatmascara.com slash blog. And here's the interview with Dr. Markowitz. Okay, so Dr. Markowitz, we already filled in our listeners on who you are. You're obviously a dermatologist, but you have a really specific area of study and education and practice with treating skin cancer. How how did you get into that and focus yourself there? Um, that's I, I love that question. Uh, so you know, how do you how do you get into something that you're passionate about? I, I think a lot of people assume that you get into it because of something that you've had a personal experience of some kind. I have not had a personal experience, so that's not how I really got into it. Um, more so it was happenstance to some degree and then just a need to innovate. Um, that's just, that's in, that's innate in my personality. And then what seemed to feel like one of the more important areas within dermatology to innovate in. And so the happenstance was uh, I wanted to do in a way rotation. I ended up with, at the time, a mentor of skin cancer uh, down in Miami. And then I just felt like I could really move forward in the skin cancer space and that there was so much uh, room for growth and innovation. And we were just on the cusp um, with a lot of technologies that were just starting to kind of move forward outside the country. And the rest is, you know, 15 years later of a lot of passion and innovation within the skin cancer space. And we'll get into some of those innovations once we like lay down a framework for our listeners. Because we start like at a sort of simple place here. What is skin cancer? Like what's happening deep down in your cells when you get cancer of the skin? Right. So um, cancer in general is an overgrowth of cells that then end up 
kind of taking over locally the space that they're in, but also that they start to want to jump and move and grow and take over systemically. So with throughout the body or different parts of the body. So when you think of skin as an organ, uh, it's the largest organ on the body. And then you have uh, cancer, right? Or growth of cells. So skin cancer uh, basically ends up being then the most common, uh, not always the, the most uh, aggressive unless we're talking about melanoma because melanoma starts with melanocytes in the skin and they have all these kind of wires and very similar to when we think of neurons. And so the melanoma can kind of spread rather rapidly uh, and is the more aggressive type of skin cancer, um, but also the less common about 2% of all skin cancers. And then basal cell and squamous cells, the 98% are the most common kind of cancer, period, right? Because it, it's covered, we're the biggest organ, the skin. Uh, and basal and squamous um, tend to occur mostly in head and neck areas, right? Because that's where we're getting a lot of our sun exposure. So, how can you actually prevent skin cancer? I mean, we know about sunscreen. If you're listening to this show, we know that sunscreen is really important, but I'd like to hear about some like other ways people could prevent it. Like, are there supplements you can take? I don't know if that sounds crazy. Are there any lifestyle practices you can take besides like staying indoors forever and ever? Like, how can we actually... <laughs> prevent. I, I feel like the pandemic, I feel like just I'm sitting inside a lot. Um, I'm like, maybe this was good for me. I don't know. Uh, but you know, how, from your perspective, can we help prevent sun's, sun uh, skin cancer besides SPF? Yeah. I mean, you know, bottom line is many cancers, we don't know how to prevent them. Mm. Uh, it's very hard to say, how do you prevent liver cancer, for example? Well, I mean, there are ways to prevent it. Um, with skin, it's pretty straightforward. The less UV exposure, the more likely you are to prevent that cancer. So whether that be uh, sitting indoors, but you can still get UV exposure through windows. Uh, do you have double paned windows? Are you facing the light? Um, you can get UV exposure, let's say on the sidecar windows, but the windshield, you have a good amount of protection. Um, sun protective clothing, uh, wearing hats. Obviously, we, you mentioned sunscreen, but then thinking about different kinds of sunscreen. Are you using a mineral sunscreen? Are you using a chemical? How often are you reapplying? But then, you know, you have also uh, melanoma, right, which is the deadliest of all skin cancers. And sometimes that's genetic and you can't prevent it. And mm -hmm. so with melanoma, there's definitely the melanomas that are directly sun-related, but we see melanoma in locations that have never seen the light of day, like the bottom of a foot or uh, in the nails or in the genitals or in the eyes. So it's not, and even in the mouth mm -hmm. um, and all areas that I look at during a skin exam, right? Because that's important. We have to look at everything, yeah. but um, we can't always prevent that. And so part of prevention is making sure that you go in and you get annual screenings, or if you have a history or you have lots of large atypical moles or a primary relative, 
uh, with melanoma history, you want to be seen even more frequently. And that's part of prevention. Mm -hmm. Now, you also mentioned supplements. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of supplements, there are supplements that have had some link towards prevention, uh, but I'm a little hesitant in recommending them because sometimes people think that that then takes over. And so you don't need to do all of the other things. And the supplements do not take over. They're just complementary. And you still have to do all of the regular, like you don't want to go at the peak of uh, sunlight hours. You want to make sure you reapply. But are they like extra credit? Can we know what they are just in case we're already doing all that other stuff? Yeah, so there's definitely extra credit. So you have um, brands like HelioCare, but you also vitamin D, right? So this is a kind of an interesting, um, because we know that vitamin D, if you have a good level of it, you're much less likely to develop any type of cancer, including skin cancer. And then people assume, okay, well, then I'm going to go out in the sun and that's how I'm going to get my vitamin D. But the studies are showing that you're much better off getting vitamin D uh, through diet. Even as recently um, when they did the study in Italy showing that if you're D deficient, you're going to have much more COVID comorbidities, right? And, And the Nordics, Nordic diet, they're not getting a lot of sun exposure. They had a lot less comorbidities, much better D levels than the Mediterranean Italians who are getting a ton of sun. So we know that sun is not consistent enough in getting our D where we want it to be. And of course, as a dermatologist that specializes in skin cancer, I'd much prefer my patient supplement than get the D from the sunlight. Do you take a vitamin D supplement? I do because... How, How much a day do you take? So vitamin D, it depends on how much you need. Uh, But the nice thing is the range is so broad. You have like between 30 to 100. So you can overindulge in your D supplement. And many D supplements are very tasty. Wait, was that 30 like I use? Yes, 30 30 I use to about 100 I use. And you don't want to be at just at 30. And you certainly don't want to be below 30. I think it's good to get your vitamin D checked um, annually because if you have D deficiency, we know you can have hair loss, you, you're much higher risk for bone issues, you, you know, as we mentioned, all the different cancers. So it's important to know where your D is at because sometimes you need to supplement D um, with prescription, like you need like 50,000 units. But if your D is okay, it's good to take a daily supplement of D. Um, I like it in the tasty kind of caramel chews or chocolates or gummy bears. I have a, I have a sweet tooth. Um, if you had to pick between, you know, D2 and D3, there are a ton of studies now linked that D3 seems to be a better version of vitamin D. Okay. Um, but definitely getting it checked annually or reminding your doctor that it's important to check it if they don't uh, to make sure you're in the range that you want to be in. Okay. So um, thank you for the tips about the gummies and the caramels because I actually have not been taking my vitamin D. Um, It just feels like another pill to take. Sometimes they look like horse pills, but thank you for the reminder that they do come in all of these tasty little flavors. So another question I wanted to ask you is what does mainstream media 
Um, I'll put Jen and I in that category. <laughs> what do you think we get wrong about, um, you know, skin cancer prevention and treatment? And, and you know, I, I'm not picking just on like beauty media. I'm talking about the whole the whole gamut, because I feel like it's kind of the same messages every summer, you know, you need, you know, this tablespoon, teaspoon, stay out between 10 and two. It's kind of the same stuff over and over again, over and over again. What do you feel like, I wish they talked about this or that? What are we doing wrong? Right. So I don't like to think of it as you're doing something wrong. I just think that there's room for growth, right? There's room okay, for improvement. Okay. That's nice. So we'll, right. So thank you. Um, yes. So <laughs> you're not getting it wrong. You're doing a great job. Okay. I think definitely people are much more aware of the need to protect themselves and the dangers and um, skin cancer. I think there's a ton out there, although, you know, it probably is hard to kind of push what I, when I Google and I see um, on the mass media, all the gory pictures with surgery for skin yeah. cancer. Um, we certainly hear the stories of melanoma survivors. So this is all very important in the messaging. So people know you need to protect yourself. Uh, skin cancer is important. It's common. Um, but where we can also grow, uh, I, you know, I've spent the last uh, 15 years innovating on managing skin cancer in a way that empowers my patients. Um, so at least letting people know, and, and that's where I think we can grow, that there are a non-cutting, non-aggressive, non-gory way to manage mm. their non-melanoma skin cancers, which is the most common and tends to occur on the head and neck. Mm -hmm. um, and this will then empower people to know, hey, we can diagnose without cutting. We can manage without cutting. I'm going to get sent home the same day, knowing what I have, it being removed and no Band-Aid. And I think that that messaging then gives people perhaps, you know, the empowerment that, hey, it might be a good idea for me to go and get checked because I don't have to worry that when I get in there, they're going to be chasing me with a scalpel, which for some people is obviously very scary. Wait, are you saying some people, they see something wrong on their skin and they actually don't go to the doctor because they're nervous about like, well, they're going to have to cut it out. So let me just like put this off and not deal with it. Not, not only that, but I get a lot of patients who have left skin cancers on their skin for a long period of time until they finally discover, hey, there's another option here. So they've gone to the dermatologist, they've gotten the biopsy for, you know, and confirmed that they have a basal cell. And then they're told, okay, we're gonna do this type of surgery. You're gonna have, you know, this skin is gonna be removed to replace this skin. Right. This is how wide. And then they start to get scared and they think, you know what, I'm just gonna leave this. It's, it's not likely to go ahead and metastasize, which, Basal cells aren't really likely to metastasize, but they do wreak havoc locally and they do tend to occur on areas of skin. So you don't want to get to a point where now underlying structures are collapsing, the basal cell is growing and they get scared. So not knowing that there are other options that are less invasive, they actually sit with the tumor and they try to find other ways to deal with it because they don't want to have 
um, a surgery that's going to alter the way their face or neck appears. So yes, I, I am saying they sit with it. So the, the advice there being, if your doctor has told you this is the case and they're laying out a, tra- a treatment plan and it seems scary to you, maybe get a second opinion because there have been advancements in the way you treat these non-melanoma skin cancers. Yes, and also just that the media perhaps can give them this information, right? You guys said, where can the media grow? I think that, I mean, obviously, this is what I've spent 15 years really passionately pioneering and publishing on, but my publications are very familiar in the derm world, right? All the science journals, but I'd love for the media to bring that to the masses um, so that, yes, (laughs) So as a member yes. of the media, yes. is this is this like new newer technology that you're talking about? Is this sort of forgive me for like the the kind of like layman's terms here? Is this like a luxury service though? Is this like this is super cutting edge and only like a few people may be able to get this new technology where you don't cut into them? So luxury in the sense that yes, you're right. It's a what I do is is very specific. I don't mean like, um, oh, going to Bergdorf's and getting like a, you know, like the, no, I, I realize mean, what you're doing is life-saving work. I don't mean like, this is so frivolous. Well, like, I, but, you know, is this like a really it, super it, niche thing? Right. So I don't want it to be niche. Um, yeah. I, I'm definitely, you know, I've educated over, I would say, mm-hmm. 200 residents yeah. Um, I've had four imaging fellows for about 10 years now, all of which mm-hmm. are now, some of which are graduating residents and dermatologists. So they'll be taking these skills elsewhere? So there will there will be more. Um, I, I now work at a center. Uh, I, I basically am, I created a center called OptiSkin where I'm offering training for doctors from all over the world and all Mm -hmm. over the U.S. And Mm -hmm. I'm bringing the residents now from multiple programs to get trained, still have fellows. And there is definitely more of an interest. But in terms of the other end of that, like, Mm -hmm. is it only, you know, affordable to a select few? This is covered by insurance. So the majority of what I'm offering is not only covered by insurance, but for those that don't have insurance, it's a lot less expensive than surgery. So this is actually more affordable, not less affordable. And and if surgery is the one thing, what do you call what you do? Say I have this basal cell and my other doctor said I have to cut out this big strip of skin and replace it with this other. What is it that someone who has your skill set or has learned from you does to the skin? So this it. is non-invasive, non-cutting, mm-hmm. or, you know, the cutting How do you edge, get it out? <laughs> the cutting edge without the cutting. So yeah. we, you know, from start to finish, let's say I'm doing a skin exam. Then yeah. I take my dermatoscope, which is mm-hmm. kind of like the handheld microscope with polarized lighting, mm-hmm. which by the way, I think that that's another tool that if your dermatologist is not using, you might want to request that they use because it's certainly helpful in looking at the skin. Say the name of that tool again, just so everyone hears. A dermatoscope. Okay. I think of it as like the stethoscope to a cardiologist. Okay. You have the dermatoscope to the dermatologist. Okay. Um, And so you want your dermatologist to be using that tool to look up close at the skin. 
And then let's say I see something that's a basal cell on the patient, right? That I'm suspicious as a basal. They walk into a different room in my practice. Then I take out the reflectance confocal microscope, which is just a larger laser looking device that Mm -hmm. then scans the skin and Mm -hmm. gives me a diagnosis. So now we have the diagnosis and let's say, okay, it's a basal. Then we walk into a different room. And then I put another device called an optical coherence tomography device. And we look at the depth and we look at the extent of the tumor. And then we decide, okay, what's our next step? Which in my practice, I'm taking a combination of all the fun cosmetic lasers that I can use to treat rosacea and freckles and skin resurfacing and rejuvenation. And I'm using those same lasers to now treat the skin cancer. And then the patient goes home without a Band-Aid. And you never even biopsied it, really. It did it all with cameras and the microscope. I did an optical biopsy. Optical biopsy. um, Which is covered by insurance, which is FDA approved, um, and which is a very accurate tool. So they did get a, a biopsy. The skin was looked at, but it wasn't cut. So they, they, because we have to, we have to biopsy, we have to confirm, even though I will say with dermoscopy, it's still a pretty high sensitivity and specificity. Like when I'm certain it's a basal, the likelihood that that biopsy comes back as a basal is very high, but we still, we're still going to biopsy it. We're just not going to cut it. They're going to get the information right then and there. So they don't have to go home and worry, but even if they've had a cutting biopsy, they can still get the optical coherence tomography scan to look at the depth and the extent. And we can still then utilize the lasers to treat it. It's like a little x-ray machine. So you can see inside the skin without cutting it. Exactly. Cool. You're like Wonder Woman. You have like, (laughs) you know, like x-ray vision with your stuff. (laughs) I mean, it's, it feels awesome to be like Wonder Woman, right? Like towards, you know, skin cancer's worst enemy. Um, (laughs) So it's a lot of fun. But, but the patients are happy too. They're smiling because mm-hmm. they're not feeling like, oh my God, how many layers is she going to remove? How yeah, they're not invading. And they're not in the dark. We're actually yeah. looking at it together. And I say, see how this is how deep it is. This is how far it goes. Here's an area where it skips. Here's what we're going to need to do to treat it. We can most likely get it with one treatment or why don't we approach it, you know, in three treatments and here's what the outcome is going to look like. So we're partners Mm -hmm. and they're calmer and we see where we're going to end up. What percentage of practices do you think have those? Well, obviously everybody has a dermatoscope, but the other two tools that you mentioned. So in Europe, many practices Um, in the U.S., uh, probably a small percent, a smaller mm. percentage than we would like. But I will say now that we're getting reimbursement with um, the reflectance confocal microscope, and I've been an early adapter of all of these devices. Like I've been using confocal since 2007, but um, but now as of 2018, um, it's really we're seeing more of an uptick, and I'm I'm chairing a world congress of confocal microscopy and the fact that they even requested that it be in New York and that it be for the members of the U.S. shows that there's now growth in the United States and there's more adapt, uh, adaption. So the innovation is, is getting into um, the practices. 
Probably not as much with the optical coherence tomography and some of these lasers, but it's definitely going to be a very obvious next step. So I mm -hmm. think we are in the cusp and uh, I will be recording my video for the American Society of Laser meeting, which is going to be virtual uh, this week to talk about this. And so there's a lot of educating going on. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Honey Love's Superpower Shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Okay, everyone, 
I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there. When I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's good. Joanna Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lattes in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. Speaking of education, can we talk about moles? Because I imagine if you now have all these fancy machines that you can see inside the skin, does that update the way people should be thinking about which moles look like the ones that should be assessed by a doctor? Because Jess and I have written for 20 years about like the ABCDs. Maybe there was like an F Mm -hmm. added. So can you take (laughs) us through what to look at, at, if you see a spot on your skin, what should bring you to the doctor? And is that whole asymmetry, whatever. Yeah, let's go through the ABCD thing. Unless you don't like to use that way. Let's say what it it is, because I think a lot of folks don't even know what that is. Oh, right, right, right. right. Sorry, go Um, ahead, doctor. So I'm going to say what it is, and then I'm going to say, please ignore it. Uh, (laughs) We've evolved. We've gone E for the ABCDEs. So A for asymmetry, B for border regularity, C for color variation, D for diameter greater than six six millimeters and E for evolution. And we have evolution. We have evolved from the ABCDEs because when I'm using my dermatoscope and then especially if I'm even using additional tools and, oh, I didn't even mention the smart tape. That's a whole nother tool that we're also using pretty much every day um, because now we're talking about moles. We have so many options where we've, we don't need the ownership to be on the patient because if they're coming in with a mole that's already greater than six millimeters or that has irregularities and that they notice, then in my mind, well, that's a bit more advanced. Um, and so we're trying to capture these uh, misbehaving moles, which what is a misbehaving mole? It's a potential melanoma. So we want to catch that melanoma before it's a melanoma or at the very earliest stage of that melanoma. And often that's not going to have any of the ABCDEs, but it will have a lot of irregularity. 
when we take a little smart tape and apply it to the skin or when we look with a dermatoscope or when I confocal it to diagnose it, all of these things are going to tell me that that mold doesn't belong well before my patient's going to notice it Mm. at home. Yeah, but so here's the thing. I know people are sitting at home and they're like, listen, I'm not going in for a full skin check. I've had brown spots on my body my whole life. They look at them. They look very normal to them. If you have the kind of patient who is just like, I can't get myself to a derm every year for a full body check, even though you have skin tape and I know it's not going to be invasive, what should be the trigger to get them to the derm? So- Sorry, you know that's how people are. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So one one hope, of course, is when you create an environment that's soothing um, and you create a situation that's empowering, and also they know they can get all these other wonderful benefits when they come in to see the dermatologist, and you know all those wonderful benefits, right? So yeah. you have all of these things enticing them to come in. Yeah. then maybe they're less inclined to say, well, I don't want to come, I don't want to come. But I, but in the springtime, you know, during the peak of the pandemic, they basically were saying, if you, you know, unless you have a known melanoma and it's greater than in situ, they were telling uh, patients, you can't even go in to see the dermatologist because we want all of our resources focused on saving lives. Totally understandable. Mm-hmm. So I got my patients all home scopes Um, We still had our virtual visits. I still evaluated their moles. I had even the tape can be sent to their homes. They were doing the smart tape and sending it to the lab. What is, how does the smart tape work? So, um, great question. Uh, Smart tape is uh, like a a scotch tape and you apply it to the skin. Um, The skin is going to remain intact but it takes like the little tiny um, specks on the top of the skin that contain mm-hmm. RNA and DNA. So the genetic makeups of, of that particular mole. And then it gets sent in a FedEx package that they give to, uh, that they send along with a little slip that you fill out and we go through it together through the virtual visit and walk you through. You take a little pen and you circle the area right onto the tape. You send it to the lab, the lab assesses it. And if it says it's not a melanoma, it's basically 99, close to 99% that it's not. If it says it is, then we can do short-term mole monitoring from home. Um, It also was a reason to say to the patient, listen, now you really do need to come in and they're motivated and it was okay to do that based on all the Mm. restrictions during uh, the peak of the pandemic. So all of these things, if you want to think of one silver lining, now you have for the cost of a copay, you can get a home scope, pop it on your iPhone. You've got an expert dermatologist at your fingertips and you can get your care from home, period. Because I was going to say a lot of people, it's not that they don't want to go to the derm. They can't find childcare. There's no derm within a 50 mile radius of them. So you're saying they could go on a website or like even for your your practice, even if they're not in New York, I don't know how it works. Like, and they could do this all virtually. I have uh, licenses now in multiple states because my patients were huh. demanding that I see them. Um, and other derms as well have incorporated, pigmented experts have incorporated in various states. What should people Google? Like if I want to, like I'm at home, I'm like, okay, I want this. What do I Google? And we could put links on our blog too, but I'm just trying to make it really easy for our listeners. 
Um, well, you, you, if you have, the first thing you do is if you have a relationship with your local dermatologist, find out if they have uh, virtual options. And if they don't, certainly you can ask for a referral. You can also DM me your derms derm. <laughs> and I'm happy if I can't do it, I can find you a person locally wow. as well. Wow, you just, you just yeah. opened yourself up okay. to that. But, but we like it. Okay. Let's ho- I love, <laughs> I love getting those messages. If it's saving a life, I don't mind. Not at all. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, that's amazing. all right. That mascara at your service. <laughs> it's like concierge dermatology. Here you go. Pause your podcast and go message oh Dr. Ori Markowitz. Yeah. Okay. okay, can we talk about, this is so funny because this I'm actually doing something right now with this. I'm like, I got to get back to this topic because this topic just won't die. The whole blue light thing, okay? Ask a different dermatologist and you're just going to get a different answer like, you know, every week. Let's talk about blue light damage. Can it really lead to skin cancer? Like, let's just get get the last word on this. I feel like blue light is so trendy, but like, I just- How bad is it? Yeah, yeah. I just have this hard time believing that this is like really what's going to all like kill us in the end. I, I don't think blue light's <laughs> going to kill us. Although, you know, I, I'm not thrilled with the amount of time people are like staring at blue light all day long. I think mentally Me neither. it's not, not good for your health, not good for your eyes. It, it is not good for your skin. Um, they the have soul. shown, well, they've shown studies that you, you're getting the hyperpigmentation, right? So it's, it's which is known as melasma. Um, you're definitely getting some aging. It's it's not good for the sleep cycle. It's you're doing it at night when your skin's supposed to be repairing. So there's definitely have they shown direct links to skin cancer? Not yet, no. Um, but it's not great. It's not great. But the nice thing is you have options, right? But can I ask you? How, okay, I, I don't know. Like I can't cite like oh this study from this year, blah blah blah. But like how? much blue light were people really exposed to that they were getting like real melasma, real serious like aging? Like, do you think that it's been blown out of proportion? I mean, it it sounds like, you know, there's definitely some thoughts that it's been blown out of proportion, but I will say that I've had more consultations with people, especially now we're we're seeing a lot more people slowly venturing out. So it's not like it was earlier in the pandemic, but earlier in the pandemic, you were, see- you were definitely seeing flare-ups of rosacea. Yes, you saw a lot of the mask knee and things like that, but rosacea also because of probably blue light or UV through the window, I, I saw flare-ups of melasma. The PubMed, if you do the search, the studies are out there. No, you're not going to see immediate signs of aging because that takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, And it's cumulative blue light exposure. But I understand the concern because, I mean, has anybody ever spent as much time in front of their blue light devices as they have this past year? So there is going to be a consequence for sure. But I just have to wonder, and like, this sounds like I have like, it's like a leading question. It's more like, I'm just like genuinely wondering, like, is is it like stress? Like, is it chronic? Yeah, there's a multiple. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like, yeah. like the reason why like everyone's in front of their computers because they're like working, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, but we haven't shown a link. I mean, there's a lot of skin diseases that definitely get exacerbated by stress. I haven't really seen so much melasma or hyperpigmentation. Um, Certainly aging because Mm -hmm. of the way you move your muscles and things like that. Yeah. Um, But this is a different kind of aging, right? We're talking about the finer wrinkles. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know that you can necessarily say it's, I mean, certainly there's definitely been an increase in stress and we can go over those studies for this past year. That's a given. Um, But there's also been an increase in blue light. And there has been an increase in hyperpigmentation as a result. So it does exist. Uh, Is it as extreme as people are making it out to be? Probably not because that's... Not people, like beauty companies. Yeah. Like every other product that comes out is like, it shows you from blue light. Yeah, like you can't release a product right now without being like, yeah, like, and like, yeah, John was saying like, it's you know, got blue light protection, you know. Because you don't need as, right? Because they know that you're, like a lot of people are sitting in front of their blue light device. <laughs> Maybe they're not running around outside. So they want to, you know, they still want to provide them with protection. But could I say something obvious here? Like I put on sunscreen every day. If I put on sunscreen, I'm doing blue light protection, right? You, you are because your sunscreen probably has good mineral blockers like oxides, but if oh, you're yeah. not, if you don't have like an iron or a zinc or a titanium oxide, then no, you might not be protected from blue if light. If your chemical sunscreen has multiple different sunscreen ingredients, so you're covering the range of the UV, because maybe you like a really sheer one, I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. Are you okay as long as you're getting that full spectrum? Is that what you're looking for? Or you really want us to use a mineral one? Well, so the light minerals that have the nanoparticles that get absorbed, right? Like the clear UV and things mm-hmm. like that those still have the oxides. So we know they still protect from blue light, but the chemicals, the chemical sunscreens, they haven't been, as far as I know, unless there's a new article that came out that I haven't seen recently, but I was, because there's such an interest in blue light, I'm constantly PubMedding to see what's new that's come out. And Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any studies looking at chemical sunscreens protecting from blue light, but I have seen the oxides. So I know I'm safe when I'm recommending even a light mineral doesn't have to be the same. Okay. So you're looking for zinc oxide or titanium dioxide to be your ingredients. Or iron. Iron. Okay. Oh, I've not seen iron. Oh, but that's like what's in makeups, right? Like that have like yeah, a shimmer like the, sometimes. Yeah, like the moisturizer with the iron oxide. So the study actually, the biggest study was done with the iron oxide ingredient. But oh. we know that there's pro, they're going to have crossover with the titanium and the zinc, but they actually did it with the iron. Okay. So if you see that on your sunscreen label, it's giving you the spec, it's giving you protection from UV that could lead to skin cancer, as well as blue light that can Maybe, depending on if Jess Matlin or somebody else give you all these other problems. So yes. a light yes. mineral to be my safe. Cynic in, in, my cynic in chief over here. Light yes. mineral and you're, prob- you're probably okay. No, you're, you are okay. You're okay. Yeah. You're okay. Done. Okay. Yeah, you are okay. Now, you probably might not be okay from your circadian rhythm or you got to make sure your eyes are okay. Maybe you get that shield on your laptop, but you're Imagine all this skin gear. perspective, you're okay. Maybe we just like turn off the phone. What, what we have lovely? to do to protect ourselves from the modern world like is just like it's like it's it's wild. It's it's yes. like it, it's coming in through the wall. We didn't evolve to be sitting and doing this. That's what it's I mean. It's of, like, yeah. uh, do you have your your blue light glasses? Do you have your your sunscreen Face on? Shield, your pandemic your, 
mask. Okay, we're ready for work, guys. We're good. <laughs> it's like so crazy. I'm an astronaut suit to go out. Into yeah, no, world. I've got my 12 p.m. like dial a derm appointment. You know what I mean? It's just nuts. It's so nuts. Right. This well, is have a you wild, seen, like, the wild space world. helmets that they're putting on to walk oh. outside with like the I, rebreathers and oh. I saw someone on the subway with one and I was like, I can't. I just, yeah. This is <laughs> this is a world I did not sign up for, but none of no. us did. None of us no. did. Oh yes. my God, we're going to hit you with the fat mascara five. Yeah, okay. You And thank you, by the way, for sharing with us all of that information on the advancements. I hope some people out there are like less scared to be proactive in a way. So I think- there we go. We're changing the mainstream media with your help. But before we let you go, Jess is going to take you through this. This is like a speed round. This is fun. This is fun. Okay. This is to get to know this you. Is this, this is breezy. This lady that you're about to DM and she's going to save your life. And now yeah. you're going to get to know her. All right, go for it. Okay. What was the first beauty product you've ever fell in love with? So the first beauty product I fell in love with back in the, I want to say early 80s was Noxzema. Um, I, I guess that was kind of the old school, uh, acne treatment and it tingled and it had a fragrance, like pretty much all the nose of today <laughs> in the beauty industry, but it was back then the hot product. Can I ask you a derm question? Is that, yeah. is, is like, do you actually think Noxzema is like bad for you now? Um, I, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily bad for you, but I think that the beauty industry has evolved quite tremendously that it would be, if you were asking that question today, I don't think you'd be getting as many Noxzema responses, but back then that was (laughs) like, you had like a handful of options. So it was kind of, you know, a no brainer. My grandmother Fresh. used it. I think it so, has menthol even. It did like, have yeah, menthol. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it, it has probably every irritant dermatitis component, <laughs> um, like a lot of the old school creams with the lanolin if you had the wool allergy, but you asked what I first fell in love with. Those were the options back then. Yeah. Oh, I could feel my pores like opening up. Right. <laughs> she put air quotes, quotes on that, guys. Quotes. She, they're opening she knows up. better. <laughs> they're opening up right yeah. now at grandma's. I no, used- they're constricting because it's cold. They're constricting. It, whatever. It's a mess. It turned me bright red. I and mean, I kept yeah. using oh, it like an idiot. It. Because loved that's it. all they had. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, what quality do you most admire in others? Integrity. Oh, I like that. Okay. If there is one rule you wish everyone would follow... What would it be? Get your skin examined and wear <laughs> SPF 30 minimum. I should have guessed. I love that. If there were to be a movie made of your life, who would narrate it? So I have to say my 12-year-old daughter, Sophia. Oh my God, that's beautiful. She is, she is just, she has the most amazing personality. (laughs) And if, uh, you know, especially this year we get, we got to spend so much quality time together. Um, (laughs) So you want someone who's an advocate and a fan and we're mutual fans of each other. That's That's beautiful. I love that. That's beautiful. And then what is the most played song on your playlist right now? Um, so I would say, uh, because we're trying to create a very soothing atmosphere, but we're all about, you know, empowerment. And so the barefoot Contessa, Cesaria Avora, and all of her music. So any of her, like the Spotify Cesaria Avora channel. Okay. 
I love Very that. Very soothing and empowering. Thank this you. has been great. Thank you so much. And thanks for this, like yeah. updating how we think about skin cancer. Yeah, this, this is, is really, really important. Really educational. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at fatmascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. 